This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Friday forecast with the LFC day trippers. Uh, usually, what we do is we go through all the Premier League football for the weekend, but not this week. This is all about the Merseyside derby, Everton against Liverpool, half past twelve. Go to some park tomorrow. With me, I'm delighted to be joined by Grizz. Grizz, how are you, my man? I'm good, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. Good uh, stuff. Good. Go it's on. Good. It's, it's good you got my WhatsApp about wearing the same top and trying to impress the impress the ladies tonight. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't, I never wear a jumper of any sort um, or any sort of yeah. garment above a t-shirt, but I don't know why, it's getting colder and I just stuck it on, but I'm delighted that we matched tonight, and um, you know, you're just a bit more tan than me, but look, I get out in the sun at some stage. Uh, Lizzie Doyle from the Anfield Rap has joined us. Lizzie, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, thank you very much, all things considered. <laughs> all things considered. Um, when Lizzie came on, the first thing I complimented was the background, and she tells me that she gets a lot of compliments about the background and the yes, wallpaper. wallpaper, if anyone yeah. wants to know, because I have been asked three times today. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I hope she's on commission. And Everton <laughs> fan, um, one, the, the one Everton fan amongst all these Liverpool fans, and um, Sarah Halbin, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, echo what Lizzie said there, uh, all things considered with how things are in the city of Liverpool right now. But uh, And I apologise that the, my background's a bit of a state. So if I'd have known Lizzie was going to have such wonderful wallpaper, I'd have made made more of an effort. But no, delighted to join you on, the, on Derby Eve here. Yeah, she's she's outdone us all to be to be perfectly honest. But listen, we'll, um, we'll, <laughs> we'll just get on with it. Um, I want to start about this the season and the start of the season for both clubs because, you know, there's three points between both clubs, but the last results, um, you'd swear Liverpool were bottom and Everton were top the way people are going on. Sarah, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Everton last season, you know, showed signs under Ancelotti of, of improvement, but there was a lot of frustration there as well as to what players they needed um, to push forward. And they look like they'd done some good business in the summer. Have you been... You've obviously been excited by the start of the season. A little bit surprised, or did you see this coming from the back end of last season? Um, I, I think I definitely expected to see a massive improvement, um, given that this was was Ancelotti's first time to have you know a, a full pre season with the team and 
He's obviously had uh, the the what was left over of last season to to get to grips with the squad that he'd inherited. But when we brought in, of course, the main three signings, which were Hamas, Rodriguez, Decore, and Alan, I think we all started to get a bit excited. Especially, I mean, Hamas Rodriguez. We're talking about one of the biggest names in football, one of the best midfielders. I think he's still proving that so far uh, in the world, uh, to be honest. And you know, I, I expected us to 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 be a lot better than we were last season. But I think if someone would have said we'd win four out of four and, you know, games including Spurs away as well in there, um, to be to have scored 12 goals and to be sat top of the table heading into a derby, uh, I, I think we'd have probably struggled to, to accept that. But uh, listen, it's, only, it's four games, it's great, but it is only four games. Um, so it's a, there's a long way to go. But I think what we're so excited about is that we're seeing Everton playing really good football. We're seeing that we've got a manager who's who's understands the game so well. And you just feel that we go into every game. You know, obviously, we're going to lose games at some point, but it feels like we're going into every game with the mentality that we're going to win from the manager, the players, the fans. And uh, it, it's very strange being a blue feeling that way, to be honest. But it's great. <laughs> I know listen I know it's great you know like we look at Liverpool over the last couple of seasons and it's been phenomenal and you know like you say something there about it's, it's only four games but if you look at Liverpool last season they, they, they win and they win and they win and you get on a roll and it, it's hard to stop regardless of you know what people might think of you or or they'll fall at some stage it's actually hard to stop if you if you get going you know it's like towards the back end of a season when you look and you say oh that team has seven or eight games in 20 days if you're winning games it doesn't you don't feel it you know that way so it's it's been an excellent start Lizzie I hate to put this to you but it has been an excellent start for Everton um, you know and you look they've identified the players they needed they've gone and got them and alright they, they beat they beat Tottenham away on the first day of the season and you know Tottenham are poor but Everton won the game and they've beaten Brighton Palace and West Brom since so they, they will face harder challenges but they seem to have an identity about them as to what they're trying to do yeah, I think we have completely, but I think it's also really important to remember um, that you can only play what's in front of you. Like, they're the fixtures that Everton have been given. They've played them and they've won all four. And you can make an argument about, like, who they have and haven't played. They still have played Spurs. And, OK, Spurs were terrible in that first game, but look at Spurs now. Everyone, this is the thing. It's so People are so quick to change their minds and go, you know, Spurs get beat by Everton. We want Mourinho out. And then now, all of a sudden, the same are challenging for the league. And it's like, there's a very short memory with football fans. I think and um, Spurs have gone on to have some really good results so I think Everton have done well I think Everton um, are benefiting from not having a crowd I I really do think that I think especially with someone like Pickford who I know we're going to come on to talk about but um, when you have a player like that we've had that in Liverpool we had it with Mignolet we had it with Carrius after well no we didn't really have it with Carrius to be honest With Mignolet, we had it with Dejan Lovren mainly. Dejan Lovren was our Pickford. And there's this nervous energy that gathers in the ground every time, like, you know, that player's on the ball or has to do something. And I think that's what Everton has suffered with a couple of, like, in the last couple of seasons with, with Pickford and a couple of other players. And they're, they're benefiting from not having the pressure. And they've got good footballers. They've sorted the midfield out, which is what they needed to do, to be honest. Like, they had no awesome. midfield. And yep. I think Sarah would agree, like that that midfield yep. with like Sigurdsson and stuff just was not working at all. They've looked at where they needed to strengthen, not even strengthen, it looked at where they needed to fix and they fixed it. They've done smart business, they've done really smart business, not that really 
like sort of shop and trolley business that I felt like they've done the last two seasons where they spent like 200 odd million for not and this has been really clever it has been and you know I'm going to ask all of you how you feel about the respective transfer windows because the international one closed last week the domestic one closed today at 5pm a, a few meals out, out of Liverpool as, as it happens but you know, they have been really, really good at what they've done and intelligent and not, like you said, Lizzie, just throwing money at the likes of a Sigurdsson or whoever it might be and just hoping that if you spend enough, it'll, you know, it'll be worth it. And it hasn't been for them over, I don't know how many years you want to go back, but uh, especially since Mishiri has come in, they seem to have thrown a hell of a lot of money at things, just hoping that uh, that'll work and it just clearly hasn't happened. This seems like a much better plan. Grizz, when it, when it comes to Everton... <coughs> As Lizzie and Sarah say there, you can only play what's in front of you. And they have done. And they caught Tottenham on a good day. Lizzie's right. They have, Tottenham have vastly improved since then. But having said that, you know, everything will go through a, a stage of the season where they're in poor form and they happen to me the bigger side. So, it, you know, it swings and roundabouts at times. But what have you made of them? What have you made of them in the first four? Um, it's what great managers do. It's what great managers do. And, and Carlo Ancelotti is, is, probably in the top 10 of all time. And you can definitely see the, 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 the effects of having a great, such a great coach on this Everton team. I mean, obviously Sarah will know more, but you can definitely see an absolute method of, methodology of playing. You talk about sort of, you know, we often take the mick out of Man United and Ole and Lampard and Chelsea, and they've been there far longer, if I'm not mistaken. I think Lampard's actually probably around, Lampard's not been there longer than, uh, Carlo, but you can see Carlo in the short time he's been there, he's you know he's identified exactly what the weaknesses were. Not that they weren't glaringly obvious. Uh, central midfield was obvious, like you know they had Tom Davis, um, Sigurdsson playing in them. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, was that your midfield? And then make and go move in and out. I mean, not much running power, not much physicality in there. It's a total different. It's a total different engine room now. They've um, cleverly, astutely. I think Decora has gone under the radar. Everyone's talking about James mm. Rodriguez. Everyone's talking about Alan. Of course, James Rodriguez, Alan wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Carlo Ancelotti, the name. I mean, that's, you know, we found out as Liverpool fans, you know, Klopp has that pull. Ancelotti definitely has that pull. But Decore is not your glamorous, big name signing that's there for Carlo Ancelotti as such, but he's there to sort of step up in his career. And I think the Decore signing for me is is probably going to turn out to be one of the best pieces of business. They've also signed, talking about the um, um, sort of uh, the transfer window still being open for domestic. Ben Godfrey from Norwich, did that mm-hmm. go through? Yeah. yeah, we've got Godfrey. And an absolutely brilliant young player as well, um, potential to grow. So they've identified exactly what they needed. And they've gone out and get it without the maximum, you know, without sort of minimum of fuss, really, to be honest with you. James Rodriguez was sort of, you know, rumoured to sort of, you know, is he coming, is he not? But, you know, it's one of those ones, once Ancelotti calls you, you know, you have to go and play for the Don. You ain't got no choice, otherwise, have you really? Yeah, I think I think he has some sort of hold on people where he goes, you're playing for me, and they just say, okay. Um, and it's fair you enough because... You can't refuse. Uh, well, listen, I, <laughs> it, but that's 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 why Everton have done this. You know, they've brought in Ancelotti to, you know, oh, yeah. not only be an, an absolutely amazing manager, to, but to be somebody to, you know, no offence to Roberto Martinez or, or anybody else that's been manager of, of Everton, Ronald Koeman. Um, but... 
you know, they're not going to have the pull of a Carlo Ancelotti. So if, if a player has a doubt over, will I go there? Will I not? Mm, you know, Ronald Koeman's okay, but I'm not too sure. Whereas that Ancelotti turns around and goes, listen, I'm going to do this, this and this. You believe him, you know, because his track record tells you that he is going to do it. You know, I still, I still find it criminal that Chelsea got rid of him. Um, I really, really do because I still think that Chelsea side, uh, 10, 11, I think it was, was probably up there in the top three Premier League teams you've ever seen. They were that good and he was so, so good at what he done. It was criminal what he done. But they have been, they've been very good. Ancelotti is a huge part of that. And we, we'll get into the transfers in a little bit more detail. But listen, we're going to have to suck this up. So Lizzie, I'm going to come to you first. Liverpool are three from four, and the big standout one, of course, is Villa Park. Um, nearly two weeks ago. Did that happen? Was that not a dream? No, it did happen. It did happen the same way Batman's flying around the Liverpool buildings. This did happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I have to be honest. You know, Liverpool, in my honest opinion, they beat Leeds and they they were okay. I thought they were excellent against Chelsea. Ten men or not, I thought they were um excellent against Arsenal. And then Villa Park happened and. A couple of factors, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a freak game for me, though, because everything Villa hit, it hits somebody and goes in. It was one of those. We didn't do ourselves any favours, Lizzie, but one thing I always say about this side is that they are brilliant at reacting to bad situations. They are amazing. I don't think there's anyone better in the world at it. What have you made of our start? And do you see that as that Villa Park defeat as turning prop? Klopp being probably able to turn that into some sort of positive and some sort of motivation to players as as, this, as the weeks and months go on, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I feel like they probably would have wanted to have got beat 7-2 than 2-1 because I think it's so much easier to highlight and pick up points mm. and say, you ain't good at this, this, this. Whereas if you play well and get beat in the last minute, 2-1, um, then that's hard to take, isn't it? And it's like almost frustrating. This you just have to laugh. Like if they weren't laughing on the pitch, then they were doing something wrong at the end of the day. Because once it got to seven, I just thought I was actually screaming for Jack Grealish's goal to go in without me realizing it because it was just that mad. I've never seen anything like it. But I think even though I don't know if it'll happen to Liverpool again in that manner, I think those sorts of games are what's going to happen this season. I just think all of the elements with the the sort of tight season, the no crowds, the coronavirus coming in and isolating players and stuff like this. I think it's going to wreak havoc. Um, I'm not concerned. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Liverpool at all. Uh, I think obviously you've got to be realistic and look at coming into this game. We are gaining um, a, quite a bit of a spine back. We're getting um, Henderson. We're getting Manny back. Obviously Thiago. We've only saw 45 minutes of. It's just the keeper we're missing. And the thing is, even if all those players would have started against Aston Villa, I'm not convinced we would have won that game. I just don't think we wanted it enough. But I think it's very, very, very important that our captain is on the pitch for the derby. And if for some reason he can't make it, then James Milner needs to be there, if not both of them. Honestly, it would not surprise me as a curveball if Jurgen Klopp weirdly plays both of them because I just think we were lacking that leadership and we were lacking someone to basically say, hold on, this does not happen on my watch. James Milner comes on it like, forgive me, I can't even remember, 5-2, 6-2, something like that. He comes on with about 30 minutes to go. We were clearly battered, we were clearly getting beaten. He's flying in flying into tackles as if like he wanted to win everything and that's what we that's what we lacked so as long as we get our leadership back on the pitch um we're going to see a completely different Liverpool side tomorrow I agree 
Um, I think I think it's one of those where I think you're right. I think if it had been a narrow defeat, you would have actually got more questions about Liverpool. Whether you know, Eddie is the motivation there. Like this was just a free game, and and you could question the motivation. You could que- question their work rate, their shape, their their ability to stop Aston Villa, or even identify that this isn't going well, and let's just sit in our shell and and you know ride a twenty minute storm and then see where we can get to. But if it's a two one, people will go, oh, they're cracking. They, they, you know, it was a tight game and and they lost it, and you know. Anyone who's going to build up anything about Liverpool at this stage, and they've done it about United for years and years, and and Arsenal to an extent, Chelsea, you know, Man City, they they, they try pick at the smallest teams, but when the gap is seven two, it's it's a wide open chasm you can pick at. It's not. It's not really... is, sorry, well, Gav. The thing is, right. as well, obviously, we're we're Premier League champions, and and I don't mean that to be like, ah, oh, look at us, but like, mm. let's be honest, every football fan in the world wants to see the champions fall. Everyone loves an underdog. Why wouldn't you? Like everyone is going to want us to be beaten and everyone's going to enjoy watching it. That's that's just, that's part and parcel of being the Premier League champions. And it's really bloody hard to defend your title. There's a reason why City are the only team to have done it since Fergie's United. So we have got a challenge on our hands. Absolutely, and um, bring it on. And when we when we do back to back titles in May, it'll be, we we won't even be worrying about this conversation. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, Sarah, looking at Liverpool for you, you know, you've had to watch Liverpool win multiple trophies over the last couple of seasons while Everton have struggled. And you know, I don't think. Well, I don't. I don't know many Everton fans that are under this illusion that Liverpool are coming to Goodison tomorrow and and are they're battered and bruised and you know they're. They're more like a wounded animal. Are, are you a bit more worried at the fact that Liverpool are coming off that defeat, you know, as opposed to Liverpool after winning that first four as well? And you know, they're on a high. What way are you looking at this one? It. I keep looking at it in different ways. I mean, I think. I think the fact that it was a seven-two, we know it was a freak, a freak result, a freak game. No Evertonians or no football fans are under any illusions that Liverpool are not a brilliant football team. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool are a great football team. They've not just become terrible at football. It was a bad game. And yeah, it was one of them where, you know, like sometimes when you're playing FIFA and it's just a mad one and you can't stop scoring. It was just it was just mad. And I think part of me is thinking, you know, psychologically, are they thinking you know, well, we've got Edrian behind us and he let in seven the other day. He's got a howler in him. I know the same could be said for, for confidence in our keeper at times, but for the defence, are they thinking, oh, they don't trust him? The, I think what Lizzie says about Milner and, and Henderson coming in is massive. It's the same with us with players like Seamus Coleman. You need them on the pitch, especially yeah. in a derby. You need them to go, this is what it means and you do not let your head drop. We're Everton, you know, or or in your case, Liverpool, and this doesn't happen. Um, and I, and I think if those two coming in, or certainly Henderson coming back in, Mane, Thiago, those are massive. Those are massive pluses. And and yeah, Liverpool are going to have a massive point to make. And what better opportunity from your point of view than to do that by getting one over on your bitter rivals, who are top of the league right now? Liverpool will will re- in 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 past derbies. I think it's been a matter of ah, oh, you know, Everton. How many are we going to beat them by? And it was like. It was horrible because Everton were doing so badly and Liverpool were doing so well that there's not even almost that much in terms of what's going on the pitch that you can say. Uh, whereas now we can kind of go into the derby puffing our chests out a bit and go, yeah, we're playing good footy. Uh, we've got a boss manager. Uh, we're top of the league and and it should be a real battle. And, and Liverpool will be going, yeah, we want to beat them more than ever because they are above us right now. And they will, you know, you will be hating that. Um you know, as much as as, as Reds will say it doesn't bother them, of course it does. It would be weird if it didn't. 
um, I think anyway. So yeah, I think from a Liverpool point of view, Everton are there to to really be to be shot at, and they take huge satisfaction in uh, stopping our one hundred percent record tomorrow. But equally, Everton have got to go. Players like Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, James Rodriguez to go. These lot conceded seven two weeks ago. We've we've scored twelve. Let's let's have a go. Let's get as many shots on Adrian's goal as possible. So yeah, by no means do I think Liverpool are gonna gonna come as a wounded animal and be like, oh, we're you know what's happened to us. I think they're gonna come out and go right. Let's put this right. Um, but I also think that the mentality of the manager, who's a, who's a proven winner, players like Hammers, who's proven winners. I think that might be the difference now in Everton kind of shitting themselves as we do in derbies and going let's have this let's let let's let's beat these it's been 10 years that's not good enough we need we need a win you you do need a win and so do we um and the derbies have been poor uh goodison in particular over the last couple of years you know i think the last three have been nil all draws you know there's been circumstances around them um more so on liverpool side because of european cups and and different things so you know that's kind of led to it as well, but it's going to be a cracking game tomorrow, I think. Grizz, Liverpool, three wins from four. Villa stuff stands out. We've got all that, but for you, it's, what there's no there's no doubt about the motivation going into this tomorrow. I know it's a derby, but there's no doubt about the motivation going into this tomorrow. It's, it's putting that wrong right, isn't it, tomorrow? It's it's difficult. It's difficult to ever uh, doubt the motivation of this team under Klopp. You know the, the results, and 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 you see the games, sort of the the amount of losses, sorry, and everything in the last two years. And 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 one outstanding stat out of all these is that he's never lost two games in a row, two league mm. games in a row, yeah. and that just shows you you don't need to prove to anyone else what. Uh, why we call them mentality monsters because that just shows you that look you know all great teams lose matches all great teams have one freakish result in them as well you'd like to think that was our freak result out of the way how many times did we see the great man united teams go up to newcastle i think once lose 5-1 or something and out of southampton they lost quite heavily um great teams have off days You'd like to think it was an off day. Why it was so confusing or sort of why, how it was out of the blue was because the previous two games were the ones that we were really under pressure. Because after the Leeds sort of um, game, everyone was saying, have Liverpool got the hunger? Have Liverpool got the desire, the energy? And then we, we absolutely dispatched Chelsea and Arsenal. And then you go into the Villa game and you know it's going to be difficult, but not as difficult as it turned out. Um, look, motivation-wise, as, as as Sarah said, there's no bigger game for us. Um, well, club usually says that until the next one. And the next one you, turns out to be top of the table, neighbours, um, okay, minus the, the noisy Goodison crowd, but, but sort of just the atmosphere on the pitch, just between the players and the cultures will be absolutely intense. I mean, you're talking two great coaches, you know, some claim that Ancelotti has sort of got the number of clock. I don't believe in these kind of things, to be honest with you. Different different teams, different personnel. Um, but two great coaches. Um, make no bones about it. I think we're under pressure. You know, we're under pressure. But we're not under pressure in terms of uh, it's the, it, you know, winner takes all type thing. We're under pressure to prove that 
we're, we're still motivated. We're still the top dogs. We're still the champions of, of the Premier League. So I think that kind of pressure, and that, and then as, as you know, um, Lizzie said, that kind of pressure comes with the territory. That kind, that kind of comes with the territory of being champions and being such a great team. You have to be motivated. You have to be performing at your optimum or near your optimum at all times. Otherwise, shit like Villa happens. So look, in terms of motivation and focused, I think we'll be bang on it, which is it spells danger for Everton, if you ask me. Oh, oh, I'm looking forward to predictions later. Um, if you go 2-2 in this one, Grizz, I will be having words with you because that's your stock answer for most weeks. Um, <laughs> you're, you're right, the, mo- the motivation will be there. I think the biggest pressure, you, you talk about pressure as well. I think the biggest pressure is going to be, the on Liverpool's pressure is going to be on themselves, you know, to to show people what they're about because th- mm-hmm. there's no doubt, no, no professional footballer walks away from 7-2, regardless of how freak it was. They don't walk away and think, ah, we'll get it the next time. They're going to, like, like, um, Lizzie was saying, Milner's going to be fuming for two weeks, you know, like, he's that dedicated. He's going to be fuming. You know, Adrian is going to be fuming. He has to be. You know, Joe Gomez, all the players, bar probably two or three that were, were quite decent on the day, are going to absolutely be, you know, dying to get onto that pitch, um, tomorrow t- to show what they're all about. But uh, again, I just, it has all the ingredients. I know it's a Merseyside derby and they usually have great ingredients, but this one had just feels that little bit different for me. Um, moving on. And Lizzie, I'll come to you first. There's been a lot made about Adrian. Okay. And this is not just because of two weeks ago at Villa Park. This is, you know, the, the stint he had in the team last season, i.e. Atletico Madrid being a big one. Um, you know, even in the, in the eight games, eight or nine games he was in at the start of last season, there was a couple of howlers in there and a couple of, a couple of close moments as well. You know, um, is it a case of, could it be a game of two goalkeepers, Lizzie? Because although Adrian's at one end of the pitch for us, Jordan Pickford's at the other end for them and, I think he's as shaky as Adrian, genuinely. I think, yeah, I think keepers especially, like their position is so reliant on the confidence and I think Pickford's is in the bin. And I I, I think he's really struggled. Like I know we've mocked him because of some of his mistakes last season, but this season I just feel like the lad's head's gone. And like it was a big move to bring in um, the other keeper who I, who I don't really know. Is his name Olsen? and to be honest I don't know an awful lot about him either Lizzie yeah Um, probably a lot of people don't but I I don't think that the intention of bringing him in was to make him number one I think it's to get Pickford to have a rocket up his arse basically but I think you're absolutely right it could be a tailor to goalkeepers but what I will say on Adrian is um, the Adrian who had the run last season when Alisson first got injured after the first game of the season how many games did we lose with him in goal not one single game so you cannot put everything on that keeper. He had a terrible mistake. Like, and you could say, "Oh, we set a precedent and stuff like that." But at the end of the day, the team plays a high line. Don't play a high line if you don't believe in your keeper. If your keeper's not not as good as the as the one, like I mean, Adrian's living up to the best keeper in the world at the minute. Like we've got Allison, who's who I I don't think many people would argue is the best in the world, and we play football to accommodate that keeper. Adrian is not as good. Like, and the people that were kicking off about the Atletico game. I felt like saying, well, he was never meant to play. He was He's not up to the standard to play in an Atletico last 16. That's, yeah. that, he's not meant to be there. It just so happened that Alisson had another injury and he had to come in. The FA Cup, I think you have to be right to slaughter him for that, the, what, the Chelsea one where we went out, because that was his competition. But he should never have played in that Atletico game, really. he's not. I was this close to running on that Chelsea game. I was, at the, I, was, I was this close to running on the pitch 
Honestly, okay. that's the game. Why are you about. laughing? I'm serious. Honestly, it's the one which people need to be angry about. Not the Atletico one, as much as it's frustrating because it was his mistake. But I'm just saying, like, I think the team need to adapt for Adrian. I think they need to realise, like, the only thing he is to do is to save the ball. And he had a couple of decent one-on-ones on, against Villa after the Towler. Obviously, he has a boss. I can't even remember. Three deflected goals, four? I can't remember. I'm not trying to pass the ball. I promise you I'm not. But I think the problem was with our team and the lack of pressure. If you're playing a high line, press the ball. Like, that is not on Adrian. That's on the other 10 players that were on the pitch. So I think they need to change tack and they need to know that, like, they, they just need to rely on him to save, literally save shots. They play all the football. They dictate the play. All he does is save shots. He's not trying to do fancy kickouts under pressure and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't agree with you more because he makes a massive mistake at Villa and we didn't lose a game at the start of last season when I'm in goal but you know he he has that issue with Danny Ings where he, he kicks it off Ings into the oh, net yeah. yeah he's he's poor for the Leicester goal Madison at Anfield um, but you know, we didn't lose a game and that's, that's fine. You know, you win and you lose together. And yeah, he's, he's, at, he's at fault for the first goal last week, but he's, the other six, the rest of the team have to take some responsibility. Like it, you could say he sets a precedent, but the precedent, the precedent continues throughout the side for the whole game. You know, so who, who do you blame more? You know, do you blame him that's done one or do you blame the other lads not running around and conceding or allowing ourselves to concede another six? The, the thing about him is though, and it's always been the same for me. He needs to stop trying to be what he isn't. And he's not Alison Becker. And he's not even close. He's not in the same stratosphere as Alison Becker. So, and I agree with you on the high line. But I don't think Liverpool will adapt themselves that much to it. What they may do is they may adapt to the, the approach that if it has to go back to him, we may need to drop a little bit because we're going yeah. to instruct him just to kick it as far as he can. And let's play the game. Um, let's, let's play a, a game of second ball. And if you win the second yeah. ball, it gives us a right to play. Um, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to leave Grace to last on Adrian because I know he upsets him extremely, right? So I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave Grace to last. Relax, Grace, because like you've shocked me by saying you nearly ran on the Stamford Bridge pitch <laughs> after Adrian, um, in a, in a, in an FA Cup game. But Sarah, Jordan Pickford and somebody in the, in the chat says there that there's no way, um, that Jordan Pickford is as bad as Adrian. That's not what I said. What I said was one feels rocky in Adrian and it's being made a lot of. The other one is, I would argue is, is equally as rocky. You know, I'm not 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 talent wise, but I just think the way Jordan Pickford tries to be a goalkeeper, again, I think he's trying to be something that he's not. I think, you know, and and Lizzie mentioned it there as well, also. I think it's a lot of it is psychological. I loved I loved the way you summed it up, Lizzie, with his his confidence is in the bin. Um, because I think that summed it up perfectly. And you know, you've got as you quite rightly said as well, Gav, it's a, it could it could well prove to be um, the, the tale of the two keepers at either end. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's a derby where we see brilliant football from both sides and it's one to remember. 
uh, but they're both very publicly at the moment as well being talked about and being scrutinised. And I think that for your confidence, uh, that's not really going to do you any good. Obviously, Pickford was away with England as well. Uh, didn't play the first two, I don't think. He played the the, the more recent game and they lost that one. Um, I think he maybe was a little bit erratic in that as well at times. And that's the thing with Pickford. Don't get me wrong, he's... When he gets his distribution right, it's it's brilliant and he can play some lovely stuff in that sense. He's a great shot, Scott, shot stopper. Instinctively, I think when he's got no time to think, he's a good goalkeeper. But his decision-making, whether, you know, he, he comes out when he shouldn't, he hesitates when he needs to come out. Um, and I think he's somebody that is very much impacted by how he's feeling in his mentality. Um, what I will say, and, and Lizzie said the point as well about this Olsen, uh, the Swedish international keeper coming in, agreeing that I think he's coming as a little bit of a, you know, breathe down your neck. Look, we we, we back you, but your place isn't necessarily guaranteed. And um, I think maybe he needed that. Um, he, he's a young lad as well. Keepers get better with age. And if Carlo Ancelotti is going to come out and say, I back you, then... You know that that's good enough for me. Uh, what what happens in the summer, we'll have to wait and see. But I think for now, Carlo's put put his trust in in Pickford. And the game at Spurs, the you know we win one nil, and Pickford makes two massive saves in that game. When he first came, he was our player of the season. Um, you know, and he was brilliant. Something's happened there. Something's changed in his psyche. I think since the World Cup, um, might do him good to come out of the team at some point, but. I just hope he goes into tomorrow confident and and puts tries to to use it to his advantage to you know maybe silence a few critics. Um, but I hope it goes that way. But you fear with with players that su- suffer with ment- mentality sometimes is that it goes the other way and it gets in their head in the wrong ways. So I, I hope he I hope he has a big performance in goal for Everton tomorrow because he needs one um, and he's got he's got it in him to do that. But yeah, I think. There'll be eyes on on both Adrian and Pickford tomorrow. There will be. There absolutely will be. Grizz, um, there was there was pictures of Allison in training during the week, and I know that got your hopes up um, a lot. And then it was nah, he's not playing on Saturday, so it's Adrian in goal, and it's your worst nightmare because you haven't liked Adrian in a long, long time. And we've, since you joined. <laughs> and the revelation that you've you've attempted to jump on the Stamford Bridge pitch will live in me for a long, long time. I mean, that was that was the worst it got. I'll have to stress that. Uh, the worst it got was you thought about jumping on the pitch, yeah. or I mean, I would never do that. Come on, let's get it out there before sort of. I'm know, a little bit upset. You there's didn't, images um, all over social media of me trying to jump on Stamford Bridge, <laughs> trying to jump that three foot wall um, around Stamford Bridge. But Grizz, he's playing tomorrow. First of all, how nervous are you over this, um, whether it's rational or not? And what does he need to do? What What does he need to do? Now, the obvious is just don't let in any goals, but you know, mm. or any shots. But what does he need to do to, I don't know, settle himself in the game? Or do, does he just really, like Lizzie said, just stop shots and, and go back to basics? Is, is that what he needs to do? Yeah, it's, I mean, Lizzie did touch upon it. It's, uh, look, even though I'm his, probably his worst, his worst fan, biggest critic, um, it's not solely his fault what happened at Aston Villa. And people are sort of um, sort of going OTT with the singling him out in the Villa performance. There yeah. was equally as bad performances as Adrian in the Villa game. Um, but you about another, about, about you, another seven of them, I would say. Yeah, yeah, easily. But the thing is, look, you ask me how nervous it makes me as a fan just watching. 
right? We need to ask the players how nervous he makes the players because that's what's crucial at the moment, it seems. It seems the when the defence in front of him aren't playing their normal game. Do you remember me and you had a massive row about Robertson shouldn't have passed that ball back? And I said, well, that's his game. Robertson's so used to playing that back. You know, it's second nature to him. Well, they will have to do something because... They will have to change tactics. They will have to adjust the game slightly. Now, I don't mean sort of totally change the way we play and not play from the back and just hoof it every time, but sort of pick and choose percentages. All we want, all I would want, and, you know, the majority of the Liverpool fan base is, is sort of, I mean, Lizzie was talking about saving shots. We, we don't even expect him to be saving loads of shots against Everton, to be honest with you. As long as the players in front of him sort of adapt accordingly, and he avoids making errors that lead to chances created because that will bring upon more nervousness. I definitely think no crowd will help him there because can you imagine the, you know, the, the crowd at Everton getting on his back? Even though I don't think, you know, even though I think it will help Everton in terms of playing the, the tight defensive game that I still anticipate they will play against us because the Everton crowd would be baying for blood, go and attack, attack, attack. But Ancelotti won't do that. But you know, look, with Adrian, I, we've, I've said it since the last game. It's, it's like a broken record. He brings nervousness to the whole team. Both keepers are very, usually very confident as characters, as personalities, though. That's the thing. They're very full of themselves, very confident. But it seems both of their confidence is shot. This may help Adrian in terms of keeping it really basic. So, you know, I, we just for me, I would want him to keep it as basic as possible. Don't try to be, as you said, something that you're not. Just, you know, and, and the defenders will have to sort of adjust in terms of the communication has got to be spot on. Obviously, you know, the methods of communicate, communicating would be different from Alisson. Decision-making is absolute key for goalkeepers. You can be brilliant shot-stoppers as Pickford is. And Adrian's not a bad, he is a bad shot-stopper. <laughs> you can't bring yeah, yourself to compliment him, can't you? No, I can't. It's amazing. He's a good penalty. Okay, he, no, he saves penalties. He's good at saving penalties. <laughs> he saved I'll two penalties in 15. Chris, <laughs> so, can, I just, yeah. can I just ask you, yeah, like, in terms of the two keepers, um, especially with Adrian, do you not think the slight difference with Adrian is, okay, let's just take his ability out of it. But that game, the 7-2 game, right, he has a howler at the start. Most keepers will crumble. Do you not think that Adrian's quite good we again take away the ability, but in terms of his mindset, I think that's but why that's Paul, I, mean. I think he switches and I mean. goes, made a mistake, carries on, and it sort of forgets about the mistake. Yeah, okay, go, go, might go make it to second or third. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, work at the moment, it works the negative way for Adrian because he's in such a he's such a poor keeper, even though he's got the confidence of an elite keeper, he's got the mindset. Okay, there's your praise, Gaff. He's got the mindset of an elite sportsman. I absolutely give him that. The confidence. No, it is. The confidence, the mindset is absolutely spot on. But we've got to remember, this keeper, no club. I found out no club has actually paid any cash for this keeper. Did you know this, guys? There's no money being exchanged for this keeper. You know, no one's ever bought him. He was, yeah, but, but, 
but 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 that's beside the point, you it know. It, because uh, let's be honest about it. Like people have said, oh, he was West Ham's second goalkeeper. Yeah, fine. He's Liverpool's I'll, second I'll, goalkeeper. I'll and, but, and, and a, but hold on, hold on. A goalkeeper is a second goalkeeper is there, right? You look at Steve Harper at Newcastle United. Okay, played for years and years and years behind Shea Given and whoever else was in goal for Newcastle, and. Came on the odd game, maybe got a run if Given was injured or not even, Given was never injured. It might have been more of a suspension that you'd find Steve Harper and go. But Steve Harper comes along and, you know, does okay for Newcastle. You, you have to, you have to lower expect your, your expectations when you're going from Allison to Adrian and you can't lower your expectations and then hold them to a standard of a certain, certain type as well. Now, don't get me wrong. He's made mistakes, but. I go back to Chris. The biggest thing for me is that he tries to overcomplicate what he's doing, or he tries to mimic what the number one goalkeeper does. To, to what ability you can do that, I don't know. But usually, but usually when he tries to mimic it, it doesn't work. And my my whole thing about this is, if you have a problem there, you, by all means pass it back to him. But don't be going looking for it back off him, and don't be making angles for him, and don't put oh, him yeah. in a situation I mean, where he has to make that decision. Make the decision for him where you kick the ball back to him, and instead of dropping 25 yards to the sides of the box, just stay where you are, and say, yeah. listen, I'm not coming back for this. You need to kick that ball up there, because I'm not I'm not looking for it. And that rules, out, that rules out the vast majority of the problems you have with Adrian. It, it rules out a vast majority, but there's still enough there to make me nervous, even if you rule that out. This is my point. Um, with regards to sort of how we play and how he tries to be like Alisson, well, that's, as I said, he's such a strong-minded, positive guy, right, that he believes he can be that. There was a quote where I read where he said, there's not much in between us. Someone said, oh, how is it, what's it like playing behind Alisson, the best keeper in the world? And he said, well, you know, there's not much between us. It's great to have competition, you know, a big club. Fair play, no problem, the right mentality. But you've got to prove it on the pitch as well. And in terms of sort of you saying that, um, he plays like Alisson and he wants to play like Alisson and, and sort of none of the strategy of the team changes when the keepers are changed. Well, this is what Klopp and his coaches will have to think about to see if there is a possible change, slight change, maybe drop the line a bit deeper, maybe less back passes, or as you say, don't look for the, the, the pass back, sort of, you know, uh, getting a one-two off him. So these little things will um, make me nervous. And it's not even that, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I just don't want to sound like a broken record, but his, his, his decision-making, his positional play, you know, how many times have we seen him edge towards more than one side of the goal? Like, you know, like, sort of, it's, it's, to me, it's how much <laughs> This is keeping I you can't. up at night, genuinely. This is keeping you up I at night. I think if, if, right, this, this football team has done so well in terms of its business, in terms of transfer windows, and we had that time where we already signed Harvey Elliott in that window and all stuff like that. Mignolet goes, they bring Adrian in. I just think if there was a better option for number two, they would be out there getting them because, like you say, he was on a free. So it's like... I think with the number two keeper, people get in over their heads and you can argue about the bigger picture of number two keepers and why they aren't more important and why you don't get a better quality. But look across the league, like with Ev even with Everton, I'm not being funny, but that keeper has been brought in to challenge Pickford not to be a number two. I think it's only Man United who've got the luxury of bringing um, Dean Henderson back from Sheffield. But again, that's the challenge for David De Gea. I think they've got a decent second choice in Romero. But other than that, you go down, you go down the leagues, second choice keepers. Couldn't name half of them. You're not going to get, because it's it's not a rotating position. You're not going to get someone who's happy to sit on the bench of a decent quality and of a, a youngish age who's not No, I accept all that. 
like you know, yeah. game. and no, I think in terms of he likes his mentality, which is what Klopp needs first and foremost. Is do they fit with the team and my mentality? Yes. Does he see qualities in him, which he which is up to his game? Yes. He knows about his mistakes. I think I think he literally outweighs the negatives with the positives. And like I say, look at that that run of games he has. Yet he made mistakes. Yet he leaked goals. But our team made up for that and we we got the three points which is what matters it's very rare that a league comes down to goal difference at the end of the day it's um it, it it's one that's going to rumble on until until Alisson comes back you know and you can be you can be against Adrian in the extreme or for him in the extreme or somewhere in the middle but at the end of the day that's the situation you're in you know he's he's, he's one of those where he is second choice you know could we do better probably Maybe there's always there's always options out there, but if you look at it, he had a run of games um, before Christmas last season, and Liverpool had a chance to look at him, and they stuck with him during that transfer window. They could have done something. He had he had Atletico Madrid and a couple of other games in the second half of the season, and they stuck with him in the summer. And then even with the window still open, and Aston Villa has happened, they've stuck with him. So there's some there has to be something there where you know he fits the squad, the mentality, he, his position in the squad. He's, he's he accepts himself because sometimes it's hard for for keepers to accept that they are second choice and they want to play more football. So it's it's one that'll rumble on. But listen, Allison apparently has made great strides and in injuries, so he could be back sooner rather than later. And this and Adrian will go back to being second choice at Liverpool. Um, I want you all to pick um, who you feel could be the key player tomorrow before we get on to lineups and predictions. And Sarah, I'll come to you first. Um, who do you feel may may be the key player for Everton in this derby tomorrow? I'll just have to apologise in a second as well. My telly's come back on, so if you've got any background noise, Sorry. I'm going to sleep in a second and pause that. Say, if you want to go watch Gogglebox, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it might even be Sky or something like that, but made me jump before the sound come back on, so apologies on that. I'll, I'll okay. sort to that in a minute. Um, but in terms of the question, yeah, for me, I think... Oh, you meant, someone mentioned Decore earlier, Grizz, I think you mentioned Decore and how he could be the, 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 the key man for Everton. And I think the intensity and the amount of ground that man covers could be really important for us tomorrow. The same with Alan. Uh, Calvert-Lewin is obviously scoring for fun but and Richarlison as well. But if I had to pick a key man, I think it's got to be James Rodriguez for me. I know he is the one that everyone talks about, but my God, I've never seen such an incredible footballer. Um in the flesh. I was lucky enough to be at the West Brom game. I was able to watch him. And the amount of time and space that man can create on the ball with a simple touch, the passes he can find so effortlessly, the, the left foot on him, you feel like he's going to make goals happen or score goals in every game. And he's just proven to be, you know, it, it, it's still mad to me that he's an Everton player. It's still mad seeing him in an Everton shirt. And I think if if he can have a good game tomorrow, no doubt Liverpool are going to target him and, and try and keep him as quiet as possible. But he's that good that he's hard to do that to. Um, and if he's up for it tomorrow and he's on his game, I think he could be uh, cause real problems for Liverpool tomorrow. He could. He's a very, very good player. There's no doubt about it. The thing I would look for is, did he play him centrally or did he play him wide? Because if he plays wide, he's going to have to chase Andy Robertson all day. Or don't chase him. And you put yourself in serious danger. Um, they could do something where they sit him on Fabinho and just let him hover around. Because as we know, James or James Rodriguez does not sprint, which is an amazing stat um, that came out of the first couple of weeks of the season. But he's a fair show. He started his Everton career really, really well. I'll just be interested to see where he plays tomorrow because of Liverpool's... Yeah. 
you know, outlook as, as regards to their fullbacks and how much they get up and down. And do you want, is your wide player going to commit to doing that, you know, and helping, whether it be Seamus Coleman or whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, listen, he's been on great form and, and he's a, he's an absolute fair show to be a key player. Lizzie, for Liverpool, you've mentioned returns for, for Thiago, potentially, uh, Mane, Henderson, you know, Salah's in decent form. Firmino's in decent form for Brazil. So we're hoping to see that. But when you look a, across the possible team tomorrow or the squad, um, it could be someone off the bench. Who do you feel will be key for Liverpool? Jordan Henderson. Mm. I just <laughs> honestly, like I can't say it enough. I think you really, really, really miss him when he doesn't play. And it, it is incredible because obviously, you know, us three watching week in, week out, obviously other fans don't. Um, and don't see what he offers to the side in terms of his work rate and his discipline. And he's a brilliant midfielder. He's a very complete midfielder. And I'm going to say it again and sound like a broken record, but he is a leader. And I think when you go into a Merseyside derby, forget who's first and second, you need a captain. And Jordan Henson's the captain. And he also knows what a derby means at the end of the day. You know, he's from Sunderland. He played in Sunderland, Newcastle derbies. He is going to be key. And the other reason he's going to be key it's because naturally, naturally an opposition will have to target someone, something or some area of the pitch. And naturally, that is Trent and that is Gomez. Because if you're looking at it, Van Dijk and Robertson or Gomez and Trent, you're going to go for Gomez and Trent. Now, what Henderson offers on that right-hand side is huge, absolutely huge. And if you look to that Aston Villa game, and I think you said before, Gav, there were seven other players. I bet you the other three were all the left-hand side players. Bar Salah, I bet you you were thinking of Andy Robertson, Diego Jose, and I think Wijnaldum had a decent first half because I the had, left side with yeah, I had I had Robertson, Jota, and Salah. That's yeah. who I had as, as the decent. The right hand yeah. side is covered by Henderson's work rate, his efforts and work rate to help cover Trent, and that's no slight against Trent. This whole team works as one. If you take out one, they work as cogs. They all work together. It's not saying Trent's a bad defender or Gomez is. You're just taking out someone so important that like Naby Keita just cannot follow the the, the job that Jordan Anderson does. So that's that's my show. Grizz, um I think Jordan Henderson is a very fair show and um as you know, I'm always bashing that drum for, for Jordan Henderson because of he allows Salah to cheat at football. In my opinion, he he helps out Trent and allows him to go forward, and he and he and he keeps the shape of the midfield with Fabinho and and whether it be Wijnaldum or ever else, he's he is integral to what we do um, in that functioning midfield, as people like to call it. But are you going to go with Henderson, or are you going to go with somebody else, Chris? Um, look, Henderson. What Lizzie said is absolutely spot on about Henderson. There's nothing more to be said. I mean, it shows how much the national team missed. Henderson, you know, every time he, he doesn't appear for them uh, and definitely for Liverpool. But I'm going to go with um, Sadio Mane, the returning of Sadio Mane for this game. I think he's, I think he's going to be nice and fresh, a nice uh, extended break. Two weeks, I think, he'll be, he'll, he'll be developed off. Something like that. Um, being at Melwood all week, Absolutely fired up. He's just won the Player of the Month award as well, the LFC Player of the Month award as well. And he's uh, it's difficult to pin down one sort of big match player for us because we've got big match players all around the team, all around the pitch. But this kid is uh, he's sensational in my opinion. Lionheart, absolute lionheart. And games like this, he knows. He's always smiling and you see this demeanor around him the way he's all, you know, it's everything so fun for him. And that's the beauty of it because 
behind that smile is an absolute inner desire that's unrivaled. He, you know, the amount of effort you talk about Henderson's work rate and covering um, for Salah. Well, Robertson has the luxury and the pleasure of having Mane on his side because Mane is an absolute workhorse. When you see Mane's stats in terms of his running power backwards and forwards, it's it's, it's out of this world. Um, I think his battle against Seamus Coleman will be absolute key because I rate Coleman as well and he's been in brilliant form as well. Um, but I think I think Mane returning to this side and giving it the boost because Henderson is very vocal. He's a leader. He's very vocal and you, he's, he's always animated and you can see it. Whereas Sadio Mane is an absolute leader, but he does it in terms of playing and lifting the team. If we need a dribble, if we need a man to run 20, 30 yards with the ball, get out of pressure, pressure on. He's the man we go to usually. Give the ball to Sadio and he hug that touchline or come in. He's, 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 he's my favourite player, as you know, Gav. And um, so it's unfair for me not to pick him out as a danger man in this game for us. Mm. I'm not going to pick a, a, a specific player. I'm just going to say the key player for us tomorrow is whoever plays beside Virgil van Dijk. Um, I think it's another huge decision that has to be made tomorrow. Joe Gomez has not been in the best of form this season. He was exquisite against um, Arsenal. Um, Fabinho was flawless against Chelsea. And there's talk of Joe Matip as well being back available. I think whoever plays there tomorrow needs to play well, simply because it is an area that opposition fans target. Rightly or wrongly, you know, but, you know, you're not going to go near Virgil and, and Andy Robbo um, nine times out of ten. You're just not, because, you know, they're, they're just two brilliant players in their own right, but uh, as a as a, as a a duo, they're, they're, they're absolutely excellent. The other side is probably the more um, open one for you to exploit and you may see the likes of Richarlison, James Rodriguez try to get in around that, Calvert-Leon to pull off to that side as well because I always find that Trent is further forward than Robertson, Robertson likes to come from a bit deeper you know and then that right side of centre half, it's just a case of form and and being on form and if you're on form, great and if, if they're off form, it just seems to be that one little bit that you can get at. So regardless of who plays there tomorrow, I think if they play well, I think Liverpool will have, um, I don't think Liverpool lose the game. Um, not not a chance they lose the game if the if the centre half who plays beside Virgil van Dijk plays well. That's that's just my opinion. Um, let's get on to some lineup predictions. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sarah, I'm going to come to you. Um, give us your Everton 11 for tomorrow. I think it's got to be Pickford, Seamus Coleman, right back. Uh, Mina, hopefully he should, he should be fit. Michael Keane. Luca Dean, who could be a really important player for us tomorrow as well. Um, I think you go Andre Gomez, Alan, come back in. Um, then we go uh, Corre, uh, James Rodriguez, Richarlison, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, is that 11? Have I gone through them all? I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You... I'll have one more. I'll have one more. One more. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever gone through here? No. I don't know. You, you got you got distracted by Hollyoaks, the box set you have on at the telly there. <laughs> I, actually wrote, I actually wrote my team down actually for that very reason. Yeah. So here we go. We've got Pickford, Coleman, Dean, uh, Michael Key, Mina, Alan, Andre Gomez, 
Decoray. Yeah, Decoray. I thought I said Decoray. Hammers. No, you did, you did. Yeah, Hammers, Dominic Calvert Lewin, Richarlison. And then we've also got players in there like Anthony Gordon is somebody who I'd really like to see at some point in the derby tomorrow. That's my little one to watch as well. Scouser, blue, top, top, top quality player. Um, we've not seen anything like enough of him, I don't think. So I think we'll go basically with with the team that we've started when all uh, fully fit, starting eleven that we've we've gone with uh, before Alan and, and others were unavailable in the last time out. Um, but we still managed to get the four two win against Brighton. So reverting back to that preferred starting eleven. Um, I, I think that's what we'll we'll see. The, the blend of Coleman in there as well. Um, Alan, who's going to be really key for us tomorrow in protecting that back four. He's done that so so well. Um, I just hope he doesn't get a red card because I think he's a bit of a nutter. Um, and I think probably fans not being there will help Alan tomorrow because I think he's one of them that could, could get keyed up and just uh, G'd up and just fly in and, and snap someone in the first few minutes. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my starting 11 anyway for you. Good stuff. Um LFC Aaron says, great chat, guys. I'm so nervous for tomorrow. Really hard to call. Lizzie, um, kill the nervousness here. Give us your first 11 for Liverpool. Okay, so I think, obviously, Adrian, Trent, Robertson. I think Joe Gomez will be your centre-half. I think it will be unfair to pull him. I think it's not the same as Lovren um, against Spurs. I don't think it's the same sort of... um, feeling so I think we need to keep him playing because he is a very good footballer I just think he has a bit of a nightmare so I'd like to see Gomez I'd like to see if that works I could be wrong some people would argue for Matt or even Fabinho but I, I'm going to stick with Gomez and then I think your midfield is Fabinho Henderson and this is where I'm sticking I have a really sneaky feeling that James Milner is going to play from the start, I have a feeling he's going to do Henderson and Milner, but I don't know what combination of Henderson, Milner, Genie. Does he go back to old school? Does he go Henderson, Milner, Thiago? I, I don't know. I think Thiago might come off the bench. So I'm going to go, do it go with me, course. No, I'm going to go Fabinho, Henderson and Genie. And then um, I'm going to go with the front three. And funnily enough, our front three has never played against Ebsen. Um, never started a game, yeah. But he never started. So, um, I mean, people are calling for Firmino and all that because he had a terrible game against Villa, but who didn't? And I just think you don't pull Firmino. Like, you, you do not pull Firmino. Uh, so I think you could, that's going to be our strongest 11, bar Alisson with Thiago mm. off the bench. But don't be surprised. Do not be surprised at a Henderson Milner the midfield. Mm. Genie20 says, Adrian, Trent, Gomez, VVD, Robbo, Fabinho, Henderson, Genie, Salah, Firmino, Mane, Grizz, is your lineup similar to that? Because when we come to games like this, Klopp is known to throw a mm. curveball in. And mm. it could be a curveball along the lines of, I'm playing Fabinho centre-back, I'm going to play Henderson in the six, and I'm going to play Wijnaldum and Curtis Jones. He could, do, you know, he, he has, he's, he's done this before. And especially with Firmino's form and being away with Brazil, he could do a Jota. Uh, if this was at Anfield, for sure he'd bring out the under-23s. Look at last season, 5-2 yeah, yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He brings in the likes of Shakiri and sort of he brings back Wilson from loan, you know, just for just for the Everton at home. But but when it's at uh, Goodison, he tends to pick a very conservative, a very pragmatic eleven. And I, I totally see where Liz is coming from with with that midfield, with the thinking of Milner, with the thinking of Gomez's pace and keep him at the back. You know, keep it as sort of minimal changes as possible. But I don't see Gomez starting. Um, 
all week I was thinking it's going to be Fabinho at centre back, but with with the with the scenes and pictures and and, and sort of with Matip training, I think Matip's and Van Dijk's height against Richarlison and Calvin Lewin will be key. They are, in my opinion, no doubt the best two um, in the air aerially at the moment. Calvin Lewin and Richarlison are absolutely brilliant in the air. They won't run in behind you. They're not express pace like the fellow who scored the hat-trick against us, Ollie Watkins. And so this will be a different type of battle. And this is why Matip, I think, will come in. I've changed my mind the last 24 hours. I think Matip will start alongside Virgil van Dijk. The, the rest will be the same. In midfield, again, on paper, you'd say Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson in terms of Genie's been away, Naby's out. Um, but then how do you play Fabinho, Genie and Hendo? Uh, sorry, Fabinho, Thiago and Hendo in a three. Do you know what I mean? Who sits? Thiago's number six. You know, Henderson. Fabinho. Well, yeah, but where do you play Thiago? He plays the two of them further back with Henderson further but, forward. But this is my point. That's what he would play, but that's going against what he's played recently in terms yeah. of he very rarely goes 4-2-3-1. So this is the dilemma I had in my head. So as a result, I think Thiago most certainly starts because this is the kind of game he was brought in for. Okay. He's he's played at every single derby in the world. He's played at the most prestigious games. He's played in all sorts of atmospheres. I don't know if he's played at empty Woodis, uh, Goodison. And then he said Woodison there. Oh, my God, Sarah. So disrespectful. Sorry. So sorry. I know I forgot he was there. He's not sorry. He's not sorry at all. No, I genuinely am. Genuinely am. So, look, Thiago, Thiago, Thiago will be, Thiago will be uh, on the team sheet. I'm 100% certain. Who goes alongside him? Henderson's an absolute certain as well. I have got a feeling for Milner. This is absolutely right. This is tailor-made for international break. Milner coming back, being at the training ground all week while everyone else has been travelling around the world. Ginny's played all three games during the break. It's Milner, Fabinho. I'm going to go with Fabinho. So I'm going to go with Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson. And again, Bobby and Jota. Way up when you think... Yeah, you've got to... You've all forgotten Minamino as well. Well, Minamino, I don't think he's got in contention to start, even though, you know, he's been playing brilliantly every time he has appeared. The the thing is, do we change up the system and sort of play Salah through the middle or Mane through the middle and then bring in Jota on the left? I don't think, you know, my opinions on Jota and being a like-for-like for Bobby, so I don't think that will happen. I think he may just go with Bobby one more time just to give him this game. And Bobby scores a lot of away goals and crucial away goals in big games. So I think he's going to go with the front three as they are. And then um, Matt Tippin for next to VVD and then Henderson back in midfield alongside Thiago and Fabinho. Feels very unfair to Divock Origi this, by the way. Ah, listen, he'll turn up at some stage. Oh, yeah. show up at some stage it, 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 Jesus um, I've listened to both your 11s now and I don't know where to go with it yeah. because I I was Fabinho all week as well I'm not for Matip no he hasn't played football he just hasn't and, and it's it's a derby it's going to be quick you have players that are on really good form and I'd rather a player I'd rather a Gomez there than Matip um, just because he's played football so 
I'm going to go Adrian in goal. Um, sorry, LFC Aaron says Alisson to start. Imagine that happened in the morning. Um, it'd be absolutely amazing. But uh, I don't think so, Aaron. But listen, we can all we can always hope. I'm going to go Adrian in goal. Robbo left back. Trent right back. Virgil van Dijk. I'm actually going to go with Gomez. Um, simply because Ooh. I yeah I want I want Fabinho in midfield. Because of something you just said, where do you play Thiago? I don't see him changing the system around. I think you go with Fabinho. I think you go with Henderson. And I think you go with Thiago. And Thiago's well able to play in a tree, you know, in any circumstance. But I think with, with Fabinho looking after, uh, trying to protect the back four, Henderson really looking after what's going on down the right hand side. I think it's a game for Thiago. And a bit like Sarah said earlier, you know, James Rodriguez can find space. Thiago's in absolute, um, master of it and, and getting out of tight spaces so I'm going to go with them three I'm going to go with the normal front three because I think Firmino will be very important in sitting on Alan um, for a certain part of the game where he gets you know where Firmino does this thing where he drops onto their deepest line midfielder or or tries to pick it off and from side to side um, so I think Firmino is going to be very very important in that so yeah, the normal front three, as we would call it, there's just loads on the bench for Liverpool though. There's loads there, you know. Uh, Milner's your fourth sub. Whether you're winning and you need to protect something, Milner. If you're losing and you need to push something forward and need someone dependable to hold the fort, um, it's Milner. He's fourth sub for me. But you have got Minamino, you have got Jota, Origi may, may be on the bench as well. You'll have a Wijnaldum there as well. Um, there's just so much there for Liverpool. That's what the squad is all about. But for me... That's probably the starting eleven, and I just hope, hope, hope Joe Gomez comes and shows what Joe Gomez is all about. Because as I said, if he does, Liverpool win the game. Um, in my opinion, so uh, we've done the lineups, we've done the key players, we've done the goal, we've done everything, and we we have to go because Lizzie's mother wants to go to bed, and she's going to interrupt things if we don't get off here, um, or she'll end up being on the podcast, which is absolutely fine with us, by the way. Um, <laughs> Come on, so, um, we just we're just waiting for it to arrive to give her start at eleven. But if it doesn't happen, she'll be try it next time. Um, score predictions, uh, Sarah. I'm going to come to you first. Everton v Liverpool, the derby tomorrow. Score prediction, please. Oh, and the rule is you need to give scorers. I was gonna, I was gonna try and slide out of that. Then, Gav, to be honest with you, um, if I want to give my honest opinion, I do think I'm sure I'll probably change it about. 12 o'clock tomorrow I'll probably be rocking in a corner somewhere but I'm going to go 3-1 Everton I'm going to be confident okay scorers for Everton Uh, scorers Richarlison Calvert-Lewin has to score because every time he he plays he scores at the moment and I'm going to go I'm going to I'm giving you all of these things here now the Corey with the screamer as well just (laughs) throw that one if this happens by the way I tell you yeah, I get the feeling Sarah's done a lot of daydreaming today. You know, where you just stare into the distance and you start thinking, oh, what if that happened? Um, I do it a lot. He's our manager and we've got hammers. I, I, I still think I am dreaming. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point as well. Uh, Lizzie, um, score prediction and Liverpool scorers, if any. Okay. I don't think I could be wrong. I just don't think it's going to be as free flowing as we think. I'm going to go 2 1 Liverpool. It's still a good distance derby. Uh, I could be wrong. 2-1 Liverpool. Score as Calvert-Lewin. Um, and it might be, I think, first half, fairly early. Um, the scorers for Liverpool will give first goal to Mane, second will be Salah's 100th goal for Liverpool. Oh, no. Oh, he's no. on 99. Yeah, he's on 99 from... 99 from 
that man is. He hasn't gone an international break. He got battered 7-2, scored two goals, and he wants his 100th goal. So, Luca Dean to, you know, I don't know, put some, like, knee pads and arm pads and all that on, or I don't know, just not turn up. <laughs> I'm not sleeping now, Lizzie. Nice one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dear Corey's going to have to score two screamers now with the looks of it. Um, Grizz, scores prediction and Liverpool scorers, please. Yeah, um, I was adamant it's going to be 2 1 to Liverpool. Um, but it's Adrian in goal, so I'm going to go 2 2, isn't he? Of course he is. Yeah. He does it every week. So I'm going to go 2 2 tomorrow. I think it's going to be a total opposite of what we used to, um, uh, Goodison in terms of tightening affairs. I think it's too early in the season. It's, when I say too early in the season, I mean it's, it's a nice time in the season where. I think both managers will be looking for their own type of responses. I think Everton will want to sort of carry on this momentum. I think we're definitely, I think we're definitely um, due a performance at, um, at Goodison. Um, that's why I think it's going to be a fantastic humdinger of a game. I really do. Um, but yeah, I was 2-1 all week until uh, we had this conversation about Adrian again. So 2-2. <laughs> Uh, goal scorers, yeah. goal scorers um, for them, I think Richarlison and Hammers with a deflected free kick. <laughs> uh, and I think for us, um, Salah to get the 100th. And I think Bobby, after all the criticism and scrutiny, I think Bobby. Mm. Uh, I'm going 2 1 to Liverpool. I said it in our WhatsApp group earlier on. I, I think 2 1 to Liverpool. I don't care who scores for Everton. It's, it's immaterial to me. Um, so, Liverpool scorers. I'm going to go with Trent. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Trent because Alan is, to me, it's, he's a 20-yard merchant. So, he just passed the 20 yards in any direction. I think he is rash. Um, like, And this is not just because he plays for Everton. I've seen him play for Napoli. I think he is quite rash in the tackle and he, and he can get wound up. And... There's nobody better to wind you up than um, Firmino annoying you all day and Sadio Mane floating around and you're going, why is he there? And now he's over there and, you know, Mane is so hard to track. I think Alain gives a free kick away and I think Trent scores. Um, so there's my daydream from today, Sarah, um, to match your Diacore yeah. screamer. And the the winning goal will be scored by Thiago. I think Thiago gets one. Um yeah, I think it's made from. I think it's made for Thiago. So if you want to go down and put a bet on Thiago any time or Thiago the last goal in in this game, go ahead and look. I'm not giving you the money back if it loses, but uh, Trent and Thiago two one to Liverpool. Um, it's been a brilliant, brilliant show. I have to say. Um, but before we go, uh, Lizzie, is there anything you'd like to tell us before you go? Plug anything if you've any anything coming up for the Anfield wrap. Yeah, so probably the main thing for me to do, especially for the people who are watching who aren't from Liverpool, is, you know, it's no secret that the city is going through an extremely hard time at the moment. We've been put into Tier 3, um, and we've got some incredible measures put on the city. Um, that's one for another day, but it's really, really hard for Liverpool at the moment with pubs and bars being forced to close, gyms now being forced to close, and obviously eating in. Uh, you're only allowed to do with your own household and the KFU. So we, we've struggled for a long time, but now we're, you know, our businesses and our charities, especially 
are really, really struggling. So the Anfield draft was set up um, a bit of a directory, really. That's all we were just trying to do our bit. So if you could head to the anfielddraft.com forward slash um, support the city, there's a directory of food banks for the whole city region, not just Liverpool. Um, so Nosley, Sefton, Whittle, they're all the places that are affected. Um, there's a lot of people in poverty right now and it's only going to get worse. So if you can please spare any money or any food, like go and donate to the food banks. But also on there, we've got charities, who uh, local charities, mental health charities. So obviously, when, if you're struggling with your mental health, there's domestic abuse charities to help local women uh, and local people. So if you can donate to them. But then also we've got food and drinks. So there's some amazing like wine merchants who deliver to the UK and worldwide and some foods and delis. And we've also got like some local uh, shops, people who make like gorgeous homemade candles, um, just, just artists, you name it. Like we just want to support the city and I think if we can get the message out there to say we've got some really amazing people and amazing businesses if you you know this the hashtag the slogan is if you support the team support the city like it's really important and I know it's hard times I know people are hard for money but even if you could just tweet it if you could just share it just please help as much as you can yeah absolutely and um as soon as we get off this um broadcast i'll make sure that i am um, all our accounts i am um, across social media share it on, and um, they probably already have but i'll make sure if they haven't that they do um sarah for you um yeah, sorry, yeah i was gonna say I, I absolutely echo completely the sentiments of, of what lizzie said there um fan supporting food banks fantastic mental health charities everything everton in the community are, are trying to do with people's projects which i feel now is more important than ever um, being in Liverpool right now, we are suffering. You know, we are struggling, and a lot worse than than um, than probably you know myself um, and and Lizzie. I think it's safe to say there's people who are can't eat at the moment, yeah. uh, which is which is exactly why uh, we're doing all these things. And um, the Blue Room as well, who I do a lot of work with. I know they're doing stuff um, on their uh, flagship show every week. Uh, trying to get people it doesn't matter if you're red or blue you know whatever if you're from this city and you want to you want to get on to talk about what you're doing and and again the kind of directory kind of stuff then 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 get on the blue room and, and do check that out as i said it's not to do with with uh with color on this one it's to do with supporting people of this city and uh yeah let's let's all let's all pull together and uh get through this this difficult time uh stronger than before you don't mess with liverpool as a city <laughs> <laughs> sad tomorrow but it's you know have some perspective of what's going on in the world it is only football don't knock Everton fans for having a laugh and being happy about being top of the league like have some perspective and enjoy the footy do you know what I mean absolutely Um, listen uh, we're we're at the end but I have to say um, and Grizzle echoed this as well two amazing guests for us tonight Um, the the, the chat has just been full of compliments for Lizzie and Sarah um, only and quite rightfully so they've been absolutely excellent for me but then I realised yeah no, um, they, they, some of some of us for you, but you let yourself down yeah. by invading the Stamford Bridge pitch. So um, people got a little bit upset with that. Uh, LFC Aaron says Sarah is class. Hey Everton, but they've a decent team currently, unfortunately. Um, but look, it's been absolutely. Go on, sorry, Chris. 
I'll just say a nice one for that. Oh. I would appreciate that, mate. <laughs> yeah, no worries at all. No worries. Um, listen, it's been a brilliant show. Uh, look, everyone look forward to the major side derby tomorrow. Hopefully it's a cracker. Some of us in here want the Reds to win. One of us definitely wants the Blues to win. <laughs> but listen, either way, um, very important messages from Sarah and from Lizzie at the end of the show there. So if you're on social media, go and find the Anfield Rap and you'll see exactly what they're trying to do. Share it across your social media. I'm sure it's across their, it's, it's most definitely across their Twitter. It'll be across their Facebook and stuff like that so if you can find it and share it onto your timeline absolutely fine um, as Sarah said you know the city um, is I didn't want to get too much into this but it's been polarised I suppose is probably the word you know when you look at at the northwest of England and 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 what's going on in parts of the northwest of England and then when you see what's going on in Liverpool and um, they're being treated slightly differently um, and slightly is probably not not the right word for it but they're be, being treated differently to the rest of the northwest in certain circumstances you know I was, Lizzie was telling me before we come on how Lancashire is in tier three but gyms stay open in certain parts but not in Liverpool and stuff like that so um, you know they've every right to, to be upset by this but as I said um, if you can help out in any way absolutely do so the food banks are very important it's something that we've even supported um, from our Ireland, we've supported the field banks um, that you know work so hard around Goodison Park and Anfield before and after games. So if you have if you have the chance or the opportunity to help out in any way, absolutely do so. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I've enjoyed it from start to finish. I have to be honest with you, Lizzie. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks very much. Good stuff, Sarah. Thanks a million. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. Grizz, stay off the pitches, man. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys, for for coming on. It's been a brilliant show. Um, and especially at the end, you know, the messages sort of some some things are more important than football. Um, you know, it's a horrible, horrible time, um, especially for the people of Liverpool. And, and and a game like tomorrow is a distraction, and it's you know it's a time to sort of just rejoice in the distraction and and you know may both teams win. I don't think that can happen, Grizz, but yeah, I, I, I see, I see, too old, too old. We are all winners. Um, I, I know I see where you were going with that, Chris. Um, absolute genius. That's it. That's been the Friday forecast over and out. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rose Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Podcast Network.